here, here we uh-huh. go uh-huh. Yeah. again. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Knee on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, Brandon, and boys. Today, we are going to recap UFC London, which was mainly vented by Tommy Aspinall, Tommy Aspinall, da 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 da, and Marcin Tibera. Then, John is going to lead us in a game of two troops and a lie. And we're going to call it the UFC 291 edition yes, of Two Truths and a Lie. Finally, all the news and happenings in and around the world of mixed martial arts and more. But first, boys, how we doing? Episode 143 of the Neon Belly podcast. Doing well. It's another another late night for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am not doing well. No? Yeah, oh, dude, either. I'm like off top need to apologize. This is not going to be my <laughs> finest hour this next hour. Like, I'm exhausted. I was just telling John, we've, we've been in Wisconsin since Thursday. Oh. Wake up at 8, 8 o'clock. Well, well, we got up at like 6.45, 7 a.m. at 8 local time this morning, which they're like an hour behind us, I think. Mm-hmm. Came home. It was supposed to be like a five-hour drive that turned into like six, six and a half because in Chicago got stuck in the worst traffic. Like we're talking not moving. It was just miserable. Mm. And it was like hot. Like it it was just terrible. (laughs) So uh, that got me home um, literally right before the fight started. Yeah, I'm just exhausted. It has Mm. been a, it's been a few couple days, but even more so a day. And now here we are at uh, 10 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is, what, this, this is what the elite's made of, though. It is. It's it is. Grinding through this stuff. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, also have to do a little reminder off top. This Friday, yes, another sir. episode of The Kickback. <laughs> um, the Kickback is our live pre-fight show that we do before every UFC pay-per-view. We do it on the MMA Underground YouTube channel. So this Friday, uh, come hang out. I think, it's, uh, I think July 28th is the actual date. Let me double check that just to make sure. Apple There's going to be. Uh, no John Morgan though sorry yeah so if anybody's coming for him yes stick, uh, you know show up for John Morgan stay for John Wheeler you know there you, gotta, you go you do. that's absolutely true yes I believe it's July 28th so this Friday uh, come hang out let's talk UFC 291 hop in the live chat 930 uh, 9.30 p.m., absolutely, Eastern Standard Time on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, man, the last one was probably the best one yet. Yeah. So let's let's keep the momentum going. Um, that was a lot of fun. Oh, man. It was um, some of the best chat reaction. Yeah. And we didn't even get to enjoy all of it because of some stuff. So hopefully we can get that better. But it, we just loved having people in, and it, it just made it a lot more fun for us. Lot to talk about that card. Uh, still, still some changes probably <laughs> yeah. to be made. Hopefully, nothing falls off this week though. That's yeah. the hope. Hopefully, hopefully we're locked in because um, I'm telling you guys what the work that goes into these episodes. Uh, so when you see a fight fall off, and then mm. all that work that I did to prepare <laughs> notes for that fight yeah. just to have it fall off, uh, it hurts the soul. Yeah, let's just no, say. It doesn't I mean, make it fun. Because it's not just typing notes. There's graphic work. Right. All that stuff you see at the bottom. Like that. Well, and then even you talk about like a change of opponent. Oh, it's just not fun. And you got to change your pick. Now you got I, all these other I, things. I do it because I love it, but it hurts the soul a little. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me say something before we get into the race sub follow. Um, the reason I was in Wisconsin was because my birthday was Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, all that stuff I say, <laughs> the six hour drive, six, eight, you know, six, seven hour drive, um, literally not exactly. I was just telling John, I started to say it there, got out of my car, walked straight into the house. My bags are still packed out there. Mm-hmm. Haven't unpacked one thing. 
and turn the fights on uh, because the Davy Grant fight, I think it was just starting or the one before that was just ending, kind of something in there. Watched the fights, prepared for this episode. Um, I had a couple hours in between where we went and grabbed something to eat real quick, and now we're jumping straight back into recording. Yeah. Um, this is not our typical Sunday uh, because tomorrow is – because usually we do Sunday, so we're doing it on a Saturday night because my birthday and my nephew's birthday, we're celebrating tomorrow with my family. Um, so uh, – and I say none of that to complain. I always say not complaining, but just to kindly ask that you would consider <laughs> um, if you've never clicked five stars for us or left a written review on Apple Podcasts, please consider doing that today. Mm-hmm. Um, you can click – your birthday. You can click five stars on Spotify um, if you listen on Spotify. But if you are an Apple listener we uh, and you have never gave us five stars or written a review, we are sitting at 29, mm. one away from 30, and it would be a great birthday present if we could get one of you listening to go give us number 30. Talking to you, Sam. <laughs> I don't even care. Uh, so with that, though, Brandon, rate, sub, follow, let the people know. Yeah, so as Nate said, you guys can give us a five-star review and re- written reviews on Apple, also five stars on Spotify. You can also catch us with some content on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter as well. Not at Neon Belly Pod. Mm-hmm. I'm probably pushing almost 40 ounces of coffee today, too, <laughs> just so you guys know. <laughs> and it's done nothing yeah. to help me right now at 10 o'clock. At Brandon night. might have to carry. I had to work today, and then uh, I had to do some stuff after work. So we're all. I watched all the fights through, um, like two fights before Davey. So I was yeah. I was in it. We were uh, we had just gotten off of 65, um, kind of outside of Lafayette. And because we were up there, I had my times confused. So I thought the card started, I thought this UFC London card started at 2 o'clock, which it was 2 o'clock their time, 3 o'clock ours. So we were back on our time, and I'm like, oh, it's 2 o'clock. And Ash is like, just pull over, I'll drive the rest of the way home. So it was this whole thing just mm-hmm. to try to find somewhere on a country road to pull over. So I just pull over on the side of a road. Um, and you can imagine the disappointment when I opened it up, and it was uh, Jamal Pogues versus some guy from yeah. the UK because <laughs> my time was an hour off, and we did all of that for absolutely no reason. She like pulled over and switched seats with you so you could watch so fights can, on the way home? Yeah, because she knows if I don't watch them live, then I have to re-watch them, which just delays absolutely everything. Listen. True love, man. Absolutely. I'll, t- I'll tell you oh, yeah. what. That's like, no. that's off to her. I, I can commonly say my wife is better than your wife and that, better than yeah, your fiance. That, that 100% um, that's easy. would not have happened no. in my shoes. And I, I can admit that. No, I can totally admit that. So <laughs> at least in this situation, better than your fiance and better than your wife. Fair. I'll take the wife win on Fair. that one. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can imagine. So I watched like a round and a half of it. And if you did see that fight, you would understand. <laughs> she was, I just like, because I had like one ear butt in and i'm just like yeah i'm just done with this fight and she's like wait what switch back yeah she's like you're not gonna know what to talk about i'm like trust me this isn't one of them (laughs) this is not not gonna be one of them but you want to know which heavyweight one it was boys yes sir one that we are gonna talk about in the main event tom aspinall defeats marcin tibera via first round tko Boys, 364 days later, and he's back like mm-hmm. he never left. I mean, wow. Uh, Tom Aspinall blowing through Marcin Tabira here. Just one minute and 13 seconds is all it took. Um, doesn't look like he skipped a beat. As I said, um, mm-hmm. he said he isn't back, but he's renewed, and I believe it. Um, 
I told you guys a little bit ago in the chat is he weighed in at the heaviest that he has in the UFC. Um, he and I and I actually went back and looked at this, and he's actually progressively gotten heavier mm -hmm. almost every fight. Um, but this was the heaviest he's seen so far, and how somehow looked even faster. Like I don't know <laughs> yeah. how. Um, and the power seems to be even more devastating. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a return for Tom Aspinall, and I think actually now even before the knee injury, looks like a true heavyweight to me. And not just a true heavyweight, but a true heavyweight title contender. Mm -hmm. But uh, your guys' thoughts on what we just saw from him. So, obviously, it looked like the Tom Aspinall that we had been seeing before the, the knee injury, right? Like, that was kind of something that I was expecting. I wasn't sure what to see from as far as the kicks. Because, like I said last <laughs> week, I was like, okay, I, I want to see how confident he is. Throwing second yeah. yeah, and yeah. then it, like the, one of the first kicks he throws is that high kick. Yeah. I'm like, okay. he's and, he's and like, full like yeah. Tamir's like oh gosh yeah yeah so that was fun to see glad to see he had some confidence there and like was able to throw it and there was no issues yeah. and then again like we said it, for me it was just kind of like seeing the old Tom Aspinall which was yeah. fantastic he didn't look like a guy to me who was just off for a year after having surgery no. on his knee for the MCL ACL so that's fantastic because a lot of times it's 50-50 and what we get yeah yeah I thought I mean the the foot like the footwork yeah. the way he was moving um still vintage and one thing that um you know you get so captivated by all that but he ate a couple big shots yeah. from Tiberia and didn't even really seem to phase him that any. was the one thing i didn't know it did seem like he was leaving his chin up in the air a little bit in there mm -hmm. hands obviously super low but that's just him i think because he right. is so fast the footwork is so good that maybe he feels that freedom but yeah i did think a couple times like you know you get against some of these guys and it's like whoo man you're kind of playing right. a little dicey game there but yeah no footwork and everything looked really good. right if you're if your only thing is like hey keep them hands up a little bit more plus no, that for sure. yeah plus that performance but i noticed he took some big shots and he took them very well like yeah. he didn't um have any trouble with there and it's yeah. just like i mean i don't know if anybody was going to beat him in that building man they, they were ready to explode and i mean first that head kick the whole crowd goes crazy yeah and then it just kind of progresses from there in very quick time i mean and people don't just finish marcin yeah. tiberia like that's not a thing but with Tommy Aspinall, it's a little different. Yeah, and not to get too far off the rails here, but you did mention one thing there that I think it is worth is the crowd, man. Like, this was not a, the greatest UK crowd that we're used mm -hmm. to. And I don't want to blame the UK fans who are usually – the fights were were pretty rough, you know, a lot yeah. of them. Not the most entertaining fights here. Um, and you, But you said something that I think that's kind of how I felt is they were just waiting for something to erupt mm -hmm. for. They definitely got it here. Uh, you know, there was another fight that we'll get to in a minute that, that kind of got the crowd going a little bit um but yeah just a big moment here for tom aspinall did it exactly the way that he should have um and like i said even just looking bigger i like like the whole heavyweight thing I, when he walked out that was the first thing I'm like oh he looks a little thicker mm -hmm. man um and i'm really excited um he seemed to have kind of mapped out his next move there he said he wants the winner of surreal gone and sergey uh spivak uh then john jones and then gone tweeted i'll see you in paris jones tweeted it sounds good um and i love tom aspinall and i think he will be a heavyweight champion one day um but how you completely ignore the guy with a one next to his name and Sergey Pavlovich. Uh, if you want a guaranteed <laughs> title shot, you beat that guy, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that shows uh, that shows you how no one wants to fight Sergey Pavlovich. And I'm by no means suggesting that Tom Aspinall is afraid of Sergey Pavlovich. He just understands the dangers of that fight. And that fight is the real threat to him getting to the title. But I just thought it was hilarious <laughs> how like 
You look at okay, so you're saying you're gonna go through Gone and Spivak. You've already beat Spivak. Tom Aspinall right. has blew through him. Mm-hmm. You saw what you know John Jones just did to surreal mm-hmm. Gone, and then you just completely ignore the guy with the one next to his yeah. name. Like I, I get what you're doing there. That's not the fight anybody wants right now. Right. And I'm, as a John Jones fan, probably not even if you're John Jones. <laughs> right. It's a dangerous fight. Not saying afraid. That's not the word that I'm using here. But it is a dangerous Smart. fight. Yes, I get what he's doing. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Um, well, to say that, like, the one thing you're taking from this is, like, yeah, his chin was up. He took a couple of part, yeah. good punches. Yeah. You don't do that against no. Pavlovich. So, but I do think it, he kind of did what he said, you know, pre fight. He was saying, I want to look so good that John Jones says, you know what, I want to stick around to get this guy, like, sure. to fight this guy. And those are the type of performances you have to do to make that happen. Yeah, but like imagine if Spivak wins. Like nobody's calling to see Sergey Spivak right. versus Tom Aspinall again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, if you want the next title shot, the line starts behind Pavlovich, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Love Tom Aspinall. Do not get it twisted. Um, and it's important to consider uh, John Jones has said that this Stipe fight will be his le- next fight. So if he beats Stipe, you may have a vacant heavyweight title situation on your hands. And if you're Tom Aspinall, you have to be ready to step into that spot, If it's against, even if it's against Sergey Pavlovich, because mm-hmm. it may be. Yeah. You have to figure if Stipe loses, John Jones wins and says, I'm out of here now. Now we have a vacant Sergey Pavlovich is one half of that title shot yeah. tomorrow. Bang yeah. on. Like nobody else is getting that right. spot. I mean, I don't think Aspinall would say no. Oh, I don't right. think he would either, but you gotta be. But to me, the fact that he's not even saying Pavlovich's name mm-hmm. implies to me that he has no interest in that well, fight. But you have to start preparing for that fight now yeah. because he's not is he a better, you know, all around mixed martial artist than Tom Aspinall? Probably not. No. no, but he's such like like we've said with some people X that one factor. yeah that X factor that one thing he has is so crazy that you've got to start preparing for and he's got like an eighty one or three inch reach right, right? Yeah. so he's just a different animal to deal with right and to be honest though you know MMA media and everybody in general haven't been talking about Pavlovich yeah. he's just been sitting over here yeah you know with the Hector you know the or the Hannibal Lecter mask on and nobody wants to talk about him because it's like nobody wants no piece of that sure so he's not even getting brought up by any of these other heavyweights yeah so no and I will say too I think John Jones is a guy who's he's fueled by challenges and I think that and things that people say he can't do I think that's right. what motivates John Jones so I would never say never to him sticking around maybe even for a Pavlovich but that remains to be seen you know mm-hmm. we'll have to see how this Stipe I mean he's got to get through Stipe which I think is probably one of the toughest fights for him at heavyweight um, if I'm being on it well I don't know because like again I'm just blown away by what we just saw yeah. from Tom Aspinall did not exp- I mean I expected it to be potentially dominant. I expected him to win, but just to see that was just like insane. Man. Do, you, do you almost feel like because it was so quick, we still have some questions as far as where he's at with, with coming back? Or do I you- don't think so. Just because to me that we've already been seeing that, like I just didn't see much of it. I mean, I, I think to me what stood out the most was his power. Um, to mm-hmm. be hitting every time he hit Tibera, it seemed to get a reaction out of Tibera. I swear, in the past, he's definitely knocked guys out. He's carried power, but he's kind of relied on the speed and just almost overwhelming. But like it just like everything he hit mm-hmm. seemed to be like kind of devastating. So I think we've seen enough over him uh, from him over a period of time. I would say actually, you look like a guy like John Jones. Like you don't really know. They talked about it on the post fight show. Is we still don't even really know what John Jones is as a heavyweight. I mean, 15 seconds isn't enough to tell you that right. John Jones is a legitimate heavyweight, right? Even right. against a guy like Surreal Gone. So I think there's more question marks with there. I think Tom Aspinall is a locked-in, bang-on, top 
three mm-hmm. heavyweight. Well, and I think that goes to say like where the heavyweight division is right now. Yeah, you know, at one point you had Cyril, you had Tai Tuivasa, you had Francis, you had Derek Lewis, you had all these kind of people lined up, and now it's kind of cleared a little bit. Yeah. There's nobody, you know, Curtis Blades. Like you don't have anybody outside of Pavlovich. Who yeah. nobody wants to talk about that is now has that type of buzz. And I think a performance like this puts Aspen on a thing where even if you did have questions, there's nobody outside of Pavlovich who's making that much movement based on their last performances. Yeah. But again, I don't all that to say like the fact to come back from what he came back from and just, just still look that easy. And, you know, I think if I'm a guy like Chris Weidman and I'm sitting at home watching that, mm-hmm. you take a lot of motivation from that, you know, and I don't know why in the, in the midst of all that and the comeback and all that, I thought of Chris Weidman in that moment. Cause we know he's working on his comeback. Mm-hmm. And I know he said the whole thing of like, I'm going to come back and I just want to fire that leg as hard as I can. It's the first thing I'm going to do. And that's literally what we saw Tom right. Aspen all mm-hmm. do tonight. Yeah. And it worked. So it's like, I think if you're Weidman, I mean, I don't know if he has Tom Aspinall's number, but I'm getting that guy's number tomorrow. Like, let's talk, man. Right, give me I, that number. Yeah, like, we got to talk, man. I need I need this. I need that because, um, man, I'm just blown away. Yeah. I mean, just phenomenal. 10 out of 10 for Tom Aspinall. Couldn't script it any better. Like, and again, 364 days from the date he – yeah, in the, in in the same arena, same yeah. arena, same spot, and laying in the middle of the cage on his back, and now here he puts Tiberio on his. You love it, you gotta love it, boys. In the co-main event, Yulia Stolarienko. Gosh, I'm hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> defeats Molly McCann via first round armbar, and we better learn how to say Stolarienko uh, because what an upset here by Yulia. Um, not just to beat Molly McCann, but to finish her that fast mm-hmm. um, in this big co-main event spot. Um, and the technique on the ground was very snappy from Yulia as well. I think they said she's a Hodger Gracie mm-hmm. uh, black belt. It um, showed. Yeah, and I think the striking wasn't bad either. I mean, she and was kind of tagging her, really her up. Well. Absolutely. Um, so I think she's definitely one to watch moving forward, right? This was an awkward spot because mm-hmm. we're not, you know, for a co-main event, you're not dealing with two of, like, the biggest stars in the women's flyweight. Yeah, it's not Patty. Exactly, because Patty He's injured. Um, but I actually I actually kind of want to go there a little bit with Molly because I will say, um, I think Molly gets a lot of unnecessary hate. Like, mm-hmm. I saw Twitter just trashing her yeah. um, af- before and after this fight. fight. You know, um, these big spots that she continues to find herself in, they're not her fault, right? right? I think Molly has gotten where she is because she's just a genuine person who has a genuine friendship with Patty Pimblett, and because she is, or he is who he is, we kind of got to see it all play out mm-hmm. in the cage, in the arena. You know, her standing outside in her fight kit still bloodied with, the with a beer. Yeah, like going, you know. Um, and because of that friendship, they both got these massive barstool deals, right? Which, mm-hmm. once again, it propelled Molly, but before that, I don't even know if Molly had a winning record. Like, she got that pimblet bump, right? That patty push, uh, where she was like either 500 or losing in the UFC, and then Patty comes in. They were on those three straight cards together. They got the three straight wins, and then now she's he hasn't fought on the last two cards that she's been on, and she's lost twice, right? So, mm-hmm. there is something to that. Um, but you know, getting the bar stool and getting in the ring with Patty after he's won these big fights, it's just shined a big light on her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know promotionally on all these UK cards, right, they do put her in these big spots. And I hope that that's something that does cool down moving forward for her sake as well. Right. Um, Because I don't think it's fair for her either. Um, Even though they did try to feed her somebody here that, in theory, she should have beat, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. You know, I think um, you caught lightning in a bottle. For sure. You know, with that whole situation. You had the spinning back fist. You had these kind of crazy I, fights. Yeah, but, it was the finishes, too. Yeah, yeah two of them. Two yeah, spinning yeah. back fists. Yeah. But 
that doesn't always translate for her or Patty right. as they've moved up in, you know, the weight class or the, right. the level of the people they're fighting. And then right. now you don't even have that extra hype that you were, sure. you know, you, she was usually going before Patty, but you'd have that, you know, I got to show out for sure. him or, you know, we're here together. And yeah, I mean, I think she deserves to be on these cards, just not in these positions. And that's why I said, I hope promotionally that cools down. Like, yeah, we don't need to see her in a co-main event. Right. But I also don't think the UFC, she's entertaining and, and she is. And I don't, and that's why I think she's gotten here. Like, it's not like she's, I mean, she wants to win. I'm sure she wants to be a champion, but mm -hmm. I don't feel like she's ever sold herself or the UFC, at least off of what I've seen, or the UFC has ever billed her as like the next big flyweight women's champion, right? Um, she's just someone who people are drawn to because mm -hmm. of her personality and she is so down to earth. Um, but I just saw a lot of people like hoping to see her lose and actively rooting against her. And I just think that's a bit harsh. Like there's nothing wrong with like, oh, I want to see this person lose or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But like, I really don't under like I feel like there was just like because I saw a lot of people sharing the picture of her when she won that fight and she grabbed that belt or whatever that was just a fan had like a replica mm -hmm. belt right and she right. just was outside the cage and grabbed it and mm -hmm. held it up like it was just a moment man like get off of that but I don't know I just I feel like she kind of got thrusted into this spotlight where like again before those before that card where her and Patty were both on it and they just kind of stole the show mm -hmm. um, you know she was just another fighter uh, and. and but we just didn't know who she was either. And then because of that, we've gotten to see it, which people like, again, just people are drawn to her, right? So yeah. it's like, I don't know. I just thought it was a bit crazy. Like, I've just seen some wild stuff this week from people like right. hating well, her. And and I'm just like, I don't get You know, kind of like we said, two spinning back finishes yeah. in a row. Who's doing that in the women's flyweight? There isn't anybody. Yeah. So she deserved the spotlight to an extent, you know, as she started going sure. on this run. But now, like you said, maybe it's time to just simmer down and, yeah. you know, kind of reset her up to where, you know, you think she should probably be sure. opponent-wise. So what do you make of the fight itself, though? So this is two back-to-back -back submission it's losses, tough, right? Both yeah. in the first round, one to Aaron Blanchfield, which you could say with it, it was Blanchfield, right? Yeah. So you could say, well, Blanchfield is yeah. kind of, we've learned she's right. a little bit more of a she's beast, the right? Deal. But as far as this one, like, what, what do you make of this fight? I don't know, because wasn't that Yulia, like, 15 and She's 11 10? and 8 and yeah. 2. Well, she was, so she was 10 and 8 coming yeah. in. Mm -hmm. Um. But 10 again, out of 10 submissions are arm bars from her, though. But again, man, yeah. he, here's what I think. And this is where I, I do put some of this on the UFC. And I say they just need to cool it down a little bit with, with her. Is like, I feel like you're putting her in a spot as in a main event or a co-main event. I mean, on these, you know, these big London cards. We're like, even if it's not the strongest fight, right? Like, UK fans always show up. They show out. It's a raucous crowd. Again, I even going back to the Tibera fight, I didn't even say this. I thought Marcin Tibera looked a little nervous during the intros. Like mm -hmm. they kept, he looked like he had some nervous energy, but like I can't imagine being in that crowd and they're so loud and you know something. So putting her in a spot and basically saying like, here, you have to beat this. Like we're giving you somebody that you have to beat. It's just a lot of pressure, man, for mm -hmm. somebody that I'm not saying she never asked for it because I know she would take it again tomorrow. If they offered her the main event spot, she's taking it tomorrow. Right. That's right. just what that's just, these, these fighters are built like that. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just need to help her out a little bit, I think. And mm -hmm. just like, like let's put her in the, the first fight on the, the main card, right? There were seven fights on this yeah. card, right? If she's like the first one or somewhere there in the middle, 
it ain't gonna matter. Right. If, if number four Ketlin Vieta can be, yeah. you know, three fights up on the prelims, sure. then there's no problem putting her, you know, right. as a, you know, one of your fighters you like to see yeah. toward the top of the prelims. But when you're on the poster, it's just like, yeah, you're just like this, mm. and then you're in a spot that you're really like, you can tell they were really well, trying to get her a win back, right? Well, in eventually, the UK. it's hard to, you know, rebound from some of these yeah. situations. I mean, we've seen sure. Derek Lewis lose at home a couple of times, and he hasn't really looked the same yeah. since. Yeah. So I still think there's things for Molly. You know, I, I'm definitely, not, I definitely. I don't think she's going to be out of the UFC. I think she's still big business for them, especially in the UK. Um, I saw the, you know, the UK, um, the UFC's UK, you know, vice president or whatever of operations guy saying that they, they're going to do like two shows in the UK next year. I think some in Ireland, but outside of London even. Mm -hmm. Um, So probably throughout England, she can, you can always put on any of those cards, um, but she doesn't need to be the co-main event. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, no more of these big spots. Like, let's just let her right. get her footing back, get some. Well, like, I think that key. also kind of you know describes what you said when we did the preview. Is this the the Tom Aspinall card? Yeah. Everything else is just who's sure. there, you know, who's from there that's available right now. Boom, 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 book them. Yeah. But we're all here for Tommy, so I agree. I think that's what that what this kind of shows having that even having that as the co-main. I so. I agree. Boys, Nathaniel Wood defeats Andre Feely via. Unanimous decision. This was a sensational fight. This was this really woke the crowd up. I mean, what a great, great fight. Uh, both guys clip each other early or uh, in round one. Uh, but Nathaniel Woods was definitely more damaging in that mm-hmm. first round. Almost finished him. Then he came out in round two, instantly clips Feely big again. But then Feely comes back and lands that huge shot, follows it up with those big knees that sat Wood down. It was no doubt 1 1 going into that third round. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think both guys kind of sense that because they're there just wasn't much action in that last round, at least compared to the first two right. rounds, right? Um, but Wood landed a couple big left hands um, at the end of the round. So for me, that was enough for him to kind of take what was a razor-close third round, just the bigger shots, right? I think he was just more active, too. A little bit, yeah. Um, and the judges seem to think that way as well. But uh, to me, good showing here by Nathaniel Wood. Um, again, another guy coming back from a... I mean, it wasn't as bad as Tom Aspinall's, but a nasty Ugh, cut. Dude. That thing mm-hmm. was disgusting, dude. Yeah, no, I, I thought that this was probably my favorite fight uh, as far oh, as like a yeah, back and for forth, sure. you know. Um, both of them had a chance to finish. I think that's why in the third round I was like, okay, this guy can finish me. I can finish him. Let's get this dub because if I play too much, um, Andre Philly was there, you know, the whole time to fight. Um, and I just love the kind of back and forth that they had, especially with the difference between Andre Philly fighting long and using that really well and then Nathaniel Wood finding his way on the inside and landing his stuff. Like it was just a really good back and forth. Yeah, the jujitsu exchanges and scrambles were really fun to see, especially mm-hmm. when I think the second round when Feely was had his moment after the knees and he was on top and he kind of went for that weird arm bar. And then as soon as Wood kind of backed out of that, he's immediately latching onto Feely there and like didn't give him any space. I just kind of liked those little scrambles. But mm-hmm. the first round, right, when Wood dropped Feely and he's kind of teeing off on him, you yeah. said he almost finished him. I think I want to watch that again because when I watched that live, I got the sense that a lot of those shots were scathing, like missing and kind of hitting the arm because you can see Feely Mm -hmm. like looking at the ref ref, like, I'm I'm good, good. I'm good. If someone can do that, like, sure, I know that happens quite a bit where sometimes guys are getting like teed off on and they're not good. But in that instance right there, especially, it kind of seemed to me like a lot of those shots weren't really landing flush. The first one that obviously sent him down, 
did land pretty w- pretty well, right? Because yeah. he ended up on the ground anyway. But right. anyway, I just think that was important because I think that a lot of that went into that first round because, like you said, they both clipped each other that first round. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought, like, it was a little closer than a unanimous, but maybe not. Well, I thought that he, he timed out a couple shots. All of them weren't landing. But with ground and pound, one elbow can change, mm-hmm. you know, a situation like that. And you're in, you're in a position you can't back out. You can't do anything except for try to cover. Um, I definitely think those knees by Feely in the second round were the most like damaging yeah. thing in this whole fight. Yeah. That was, I think that was probably the closest either guy was to finishing this fight. I mean, mm-hmm. those were just filthy. Um, I do want to know Nathaniel Wood is now three and zero since moving up to featherweight. Um, but I'm curious, what do you guys see his ceiling as in this division? Because stature wise, he looks a weight class smaller and probably will in most fights, right? Um, but he also has all the advantages that you would want to see from a smaller guy in terms of he has a lot of I mean he's got the speed and clearly he has the power as well Mm -hmm. um so how far do you guys think he can take that and what is a pretty tough obviously featherweight division right I don't know especially based off this fight because Feely he had a great fight against Feely but Feely also had some really good moments and Feely looked bigger like you said I mean Wood looked like a smaller guy in there I think he is in most I think that's what I'm saying I think he's going to be smaller than a lot of guys. I mean, his last, I think he fought Jordan, right? And he looked mm-hmm. a lot smaller in that fight as well. So it's just interesting. But he also beat Jordan, you know? He's, right. He's beat uh, Feely, Jordan, and Charles Rosa, Rosa mm-hmm. all at uh, Featherweight. So. He's kind of giving me uh, Peter Yan vibes, just being like that smaller mm-hmm. striker, you know, being real fast, um, real gritty. Uh, being able to bounce back from you know getting eaten big shots so it, it is hard to say how he matches up with other people but to see this him being smaller and being able to get to his strikes or his hands with somebody longer like feely does give you a little bit of hope toward how he can strike against some of these guys that might be taller at the very least yeah peter yawn has one inch on him um but uh nathaniel wood has two inches longer reach what that's worth mm. so that is an interesting comparison i didn't think about the peter yawn thing yeah i just think we'll need to see him against a grappler right yeah. and see how the grappling holds up somebody that can put him on his back especially as he faces some guys like maybe like a mobzari vloyov like somebody mm-hmm. like that who's you know can probably do that or a guy who i actually think would be a great next fight for nathaniel wood and that is thug nasty bryce mitchell mm-hmm. i think that'd be a fantastic matchup um you know nathaniel wood that again three and oh so he's got to be right there on the verge of like a top 15 opponent it. Mm-hmm. I think Bryce is right inside there at like 13. So that could be an interesting matchup. Yeah. And we can kind of see his grappling maybe test it a little bit as well. Because I think he is a good grappler. Mm-hmm. But it would be interesting. Like, can these guys just kind of hold him down? Yeah, and he said he well. wants to fight into the year. He said he didn't want to get busted up as much as he did so yeah. he could turn around quicker. But And boys, the fight I'm probably most excited to talk about Paul Knee defeats Andre Muniz via second round TKO. Um, and man, these two, I think, forgot that they were not the main event because that stare down at the beginning, <laughs> right in the middle of the cage, was fantastic. Old Buff there trying Dude, to. Dude, he was. Well, at first he was worried, but then he was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it. Oh, man. I, I think I said it last week. Just Paul Craig is just as intense as they come, man. Just from weigh-ins on. Like, that guy mm-hmm. is just switched on, and I'm here for all of it. Um, but honestly, man, round one in this fight to me was all Muniz with the striking. You know, I yeah. kind of thought, like, yep, this is about what I thought we were going to see. Not a lot of grappling, and then just Muniz kind of getting off on him, especially with those kicks. Um, and then Craig came out round two uh, with a more grappling approach. Like, I think at that point he realized, like, I'm not going to win this stand-up battle. Got that early takedown. I mean, I actually... Personally, I don't know about you guys, but 
I actually thought the Scottish BJJ held up a little bit better than Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu here, or the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I'll say. Um, I thought uh, Craig got better of some of these grappling exchanges. There was one where, I don't know if you guys caught this, but um, Muniz actually almost set up a triangle there, and he kind of tried to transition into armbar, and it just seemed all wrong. He just really mm-hmm. wasn't doing it all right. Like, he didn't quite have the knees, you know, or locked the... Um, he didn't do the, his legs right exactly. Right. And he tried to fix it, and it didn't end up turning like almost like that yeah. TP style. Yeah, and I just that's when he tried to go for armbar. Yeah, yeah, and um, but then you know, and then Craig using the grappling to get to that finishing position with the mount, landing the big elbows. Um, and in his first fight at 185 pounds, I think he will now definitely find himself ranked inside the top 15 of this new division. I think he looked really good at 185 yeah, as well, did. right? Like we talked a little bit about that at, for him at 205. Lost the board there. Um, him being a little bit maybe smaller he didn't look too small but you could kind of tell he was getting sure. pushed around so i think 185 will be a good little home for him as mm-hmm. far as the strength he has and i was kind of looking for him like because he had the fight with walker and he had the weird one with ozdemir and mm-hmm. so wanted to see either a, a, a uh, change as far as his striking or some implementation of better wrestling because yeah. he's kind of one of those jujitsu guys too that he's got great jujitsu but he struggles to get it to the ground. He just pulls guard. Yeah, yeah. And this fight, I mean, the striking was not the greatest, but in the wrestling also wasn't the greatest. But he at least had some takedowns yeah. in there that he got it to the floor at one point as well on his own fruition. So I mean, there were some moments there. It wasn't him just blood scooting. So I was happy right. to see that. Happy to see him win. See him get the win as well from the from the TKO off top and show that he's got more than just some subs. But really, a Scottish black belt versus a Brazilian black belt. Cool, I you're, like you're, it. You're taking the Scottish black belt. I, yeah. I, I, would, I mean, I would take the Brazilian black belt 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. He hit the <laughs> UFC game body lock takedown. Yeah, he did. Yeah. At one point. That, that old school Yeah, one. you just yeah. grab them, you start moving forward till yeah. they fall. Yeah. I did think that Muniz made his mistake when he did that dive in where that headbutt happened and they reset them. Yeah, what'd you guys think about that? That definitely seemed intentional to me. Yeah, it looked 100%. like he was trying to... I, I don't know if maybe he was looking to make like super hard contact or just take away space. I but, think he knew exactly what he was doing. But that was the biggest mistake because he was landing good yeah. shots. No, I agree. And he had him against the cage, so Craig couldn't even use any of his, you know, bottom yeah, games. Yeah, it was a silly foul. And then they reset, and then that's when Paul Craig starts turning it up more on him. So I think that that was a huge mistake because Muniz was looking really great up until that point. Yeah. Um. Even at one point, I thought it was weird that – um. It, Craig was on top and he kind of tried to stand up, ate that up kick, yeah. but he didn't seem like he wanted much part of the guard as much as he likes to be off his back. Sure. Then obviously as he started getting into that, that finishing sequence, getting the mountain stuff got back to it. So I wasn't sure it, if he was just trying to stay away from his guard or if he just felt like he needed to do a little bit more work and like wearing him down before he started working that. It seems to me like when there's one headbutt, then all of a sudden there's a ton of headbutts the rest mm. of the card. Cause that was, yeah, there was the Jacasey and there was uh, that one was fights. unfortunate. Yeah. Man. That was we'll yeah. who was uh, Joel Alvarez and yeah. Casey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there was multiple, and maybe I'm just noticing some too. Sometimes they don't always get cold, but yeah. you start to see more. But that's more the first one that heads. felt like somebody was like, this. Well, hold Ding. on. Yeah, because that's what I want to ask because I feel like that was clearly intentional. That's where the Alvarez to Casey one, like complete accident, right? right? Um, this seemed like a clear foul to me yeah, by. I don't, I don't know how you could say. Like I said, I don't know what you could say he was doing. But so, what do you do in that? Like, do you guys think at that point fight over? Like, you're just like, because like, okay, think of like in jujitsu, right? Like in jujitsu tournaments, um, a lot of times, you know, um, like if you slam, you're just like, there's ways you can be completely just you mm-hmm. disqualified by doing something, right? Um, we don't really see that a whole lot in mixed martial arts. You know, multiple cup shots, maybe or twelve I've, to six. Yeah, twelve. But we don't even really see disqualified. Right. But I just feel like. He did it one time, and the ref instantly was like, no, 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 no. Like, to me, 
I think fight over. I mean, DQ, when it's that intentional, like, you are intentionally, in my opinion, breaking the rules. Right. And it's one thing if, you know, they would have been, like, ear to ear and he kind of just, like, nudge him. But, like, dude, he, like, swan dived, like, yeah. straight down into him. Like, I don't know. To me, clear foul there. And maybe... I, at least a point should have been taken off top when it's just when it's that clear and like you can tell it was like that there that was yeah. not an accident well and we've seen you know people blatantly grab the cage we've seen yeah. people do certain that grab the gloves do certain things just to maybe to see how far they let them yeah. and then we've seen other refs immediately take a point for you know a nut shot or for um you know grabbing the cage or something yeah. so it's just needed to find that once again it's just added to the list of things we need to find some consistency i in. think you know but i think a headbutt is different from a cage grab like the, in, in terms of the oh yeah because i don't it know it should be legal no i'm not saying that I'm so just, you like knees to down to yeah i do so like I knees to down opponents. Would be well no, but the thing headbutt. the thing about the headbutt though is like you know the, the cage grab you're taking position away the right. headbutt you actually like you're doing damage by that like right. you're damaging your opponent right you know we joked who was it last week they got headbutted and i joked and said well there goes 30 percent of their health bar <laughs> yeah, I, don't um, I don't remember what fight that was. It was someone that got finished right after they got headbutted yeah but like i can't remember one of the commentators was like no that really does take away you know some of your chin well, it's, you know it's, it's just like any other shot right? yeah I mean, right getting... for sure absolutely i mean there's a reason it's illegal right i guess is what i'm mm -hmm. getting at so i don't know man i've said it once i've said it twice i've said it about a million times on this podcast every block uh, every corner should have a, have a red foam block and every corner should get one challenge a fight you can challenge a call something like that hey i think that was clear and obviously a foul whether it's taking a point, disqualification, whatever, but stop the fight. But at the same time, the ref noticed it right off top. Right. It was yeah, year. Yeah, year. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but real quick, getting back to this Craig fight, I'm really serious about this grappling man, and I don't think we can undersell that here um, because I think for Paul Craig to be successful in this middleweight division, which is loaded with strikers, right, especially at the top, he's going to have to excel here in the grappling mm -hmm. more than anybody else in this division. Um, so um, to beat one of the most credentialed grapplers in his debut match in this new division, it is impressive. Um, but there's another very credentialed grappler in this uh, uh, division who Craig called out in his po on the post-fight show, and that is Bo Nickel. Um, he said he would love that fight. Um, he said if Bo Nickel plans on taking him down, he better have some good guard passing skills. Um, but what do you guys think about this call out? Because, to, again, I mean, I know we've said a couple of fights that make sense. Really, anything makes sense for Bo Nickel, right? You, I mean, they could say, Izzy mm -hmm. tomorrow. None of us are going to complain if they said Izzy fights or both right. fights Izzy and Sydney, right? Um, but if we believe uh, Craig will be ranked as a middleweight next week, this would also give Bo a ranked opponent. So it would be interesting. Yeah, no, I think that you know, as you were saying, getting ready for strikers. But as I was watching that, I was like, you got to be ready for the Hamzat. You have to be sure. ready for the. He's Bo really Nichols. the only other credentialed grappler um, in this middleweight division outside of. Muniz, who, you know, Craig right. just beat, which another thing, they said on the post-fight show, Paul Craig, 17, all 100% finish rate, so all 17 of his mixed martial arts wins are by finish. That is unreal, yeah. man. Live by the unreal. sword, die by it, man. Unreal, yeah. dude. And, unreal. And wins, like, the only wins over two of the top light heavyweights. Right. Which I know he said he, he'd consider going up and down. Yeah, he said he's not done at light heavyweight. How to get, to get to a title, but... I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. I think you just need to commit... Like, dude, like Brandon said, I thought he looked rated right 85. Mm -hmm. He looked good on the scale. Yes. I thought he looked good. Yeah, he looked good today in the fight. If you can keep making this, just keep yeah. it going. Man. The only thing that's a little nervous is there is some really good strikers, and he got 
he got lit up yeah. a little bit in that first round. But if he just, uh, that's why it's like, just dude, learn how to hit a blast yeah. double, man. Like, yeah. just, just something simple. Well, and I think that's why I'd probably still favor Bo if they did match him uh, up. Yeah. Because what we've seen in the striking lately for Bo, I still believe there's holes in Craig's game that Bo could exploit. Um, but I'm here for it, man. I think it's a good fight. And Craig said, hey, look, it's a name, and I'll take it. Like, I yeah. love that. Yeah, I love that fight. I think it'd yeah. be awesome. It'd be fun to see. I think it does favor Bo. Um, Bo, yeah. Bo didn't get finished by Triangle when he faced Gordon Ryan, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking, like a Brendan Allen as well, um, somebody who's a really good grappler, but he has really good striking as well. Obviously, he had just submitted yeah. Andrew Muni- or Andre Muniz. So. Yeah, I mean, there's like you know Jack Romanson's an okay grappler that's still in there. Mm-hmm. You know, Derek Brunson, I I don't know what his goals are, and he's you know wanting Izzy as well. But you know, I just thought that would be a good one. Yeah, but yeah great performance. Um, I also want to bring up one thing because I have a lot of questions about the cardio of Andre Muniz. Um, I feel like this is now back to back fights for him where we've kind of seen him seen him fade by the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is always in phenomenal shape i don't think it's a question of that this guy train i mean i mean he's cut up right right? so i don't think it's that he's not in shape um but he does seem to be a bigger middleweight so you almost wonder if maybe he goes the other way of paul craig and try his hand at light heavyweight because maybe the cut is just a little bit too much for his frame right um like i don't really know what his weight cuts are i've never seen like his weight cuts documented or him saying it's too hard i mean he's made it several times so i don't think it's an issue and like i said he is in great shape he like i'm bigger than craig yeah it's just weird man it just seems like yeah and i think he could go up mm-hmm. and and fill out his frame a little bit more but um like i said i'm not saying like cardio isn't i don't think he trains harder he's not in good shape it's just it seems like his cardio yeah. just lets him down like it happened in that brendan allen fight mm-hmm. i felt like as well where it's like he starts out so good and then it just like like I said, midway through that second fight, I mean, really, to me, coming out in that second round, you could see, I mean, that I don't want to go too hard on that Paul Craig takedown or any, either of them, but <laughs> they were not the best takedowns in the right. world, and Muniz just kind of seemed to be like, yeah, dude, whatever, I'll go down. <laughs> like, yeah. He just seemed tired, mm-hmm. man. So, I don't know, I kind of thought that, like, hey, look, you know, Paul Craig's coming down, why don't you go up and try your hand, see if you can occupy his spot up there at light heavyweight, right. and it could be interesting, man, because like you said, he seemed bigger, too. Yeah, He's a big guy. Yeah, and I mean, just like how Paul Craig had that little bit of a, a X factor up at 205, Muniz could bring that up as well as far as being that level of grappler. So, no, absolutely. Um, just a couple of uh, Jai, uh, who do we want to talk about? Lerone Murphy, I thought, mm-hmm. against Josh Kulabau. Good performance by Lerone Murphy. I did fall asleep halfway through that and then woke up in the middle of the Ziam Jai Herbert fight. So, yeah, just, that's that just the day I've that, had. That was another one that did, they weren't, I mean, they were okay. Fights. It was two kickboxers oh. trying to wrestle. Yeah, it had Jai nothing Herbert. to do with boring. I just was absolutely yeah. zombie. Yeah, Lerone Murphy, <laughs> he's going to be, he's strong, man. Yeah, I um, like Lerone Murphy. And Interesting. He, and at first, like, it didn't look like his, his striking was up to snuff. It didn't feel like, yeah. but then he started really timing some stuff out and his wrestling looked really good. Um, yeah. He's going to be a problem. Then you had Davey Grant losing <sighs> to Daniel Marcus, you know, our boy wavy Davey, that, that, that sucked, man. That hurt. I, I felt like he did. Him, I thought he did enough to win it too. Um, I looked at the numbers. It's tough, man, because he out, he outstruck Marcus, excuse me, but um, Marcos landed at a higher percentage. So right. Davey was just, Excuse me, throwing more. He was pushing. Marcos was a little bit more accurate, though. So, Davey was wearing it, too. Well, that's the problem. He he cuts like Ric Flair, dude. And you know what? I had this feeling. I had a feeling of like, it was, and it was such a close fight, like not a robbery by any means, but I felt like the judges would like, 
almost like I almost knew they were going to give it to Marcos because I'm like they're going to not want it to seem like it's home cooking, right? Like they're like mm-hmm. like oh we just gave it to him because he's the UK lad. Like I feel like they almost did it out of like just to show like we're we're non biased. Dude, how many psychology we're going to get? Yeah, straight. yeah. How many things probably. are more scary than Davy Grant just running at you? He did it like seven yeah. times where he would just <laughs> take off running and he'd see how he'd react and then sure. he'd switch and throw a kick like. That for I think I feel like first round Wavy Davy is probably one of the most dangerous guys in the whole yeah. UFC. And then Joel Alvarez defeating Mark Casey as we kind of talked about there. Unfortunate little headbutt, um, kind of wobbled and and really he was wobbling after the fight. Yeah, Casey kind of just went down and Alvarez uh, locked up. Was it a Dars mm-hmm. and just kind of finished him? But man, I'm telling you what, Joel Alvarez is. Uh, I saw somebody say, "Give me him versus Jalen Turner right now." <laughs> just yeah, two big freaky long seven fifty fivers. Sorry, no, I was just so thinking that was another headbutt. We, we, yeah. we talked about yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, And the referee headbutt. didn't see it, and then that's when they ended up going down. But, like, after they announced Joel Alvarez as the winner, which none of this is on him. you got to fight and finish the fight if mm-hmm. the referee doesn't stop it. But DeCasey almost, like, fell over because he was still wobbled from the headbutt. And that's so. all I was really able to uh, digest. A lot of decisions on this card. So, okay card, but, man, like I said, story, biggest story is Tommy Aspinall, man. Take a bow. What a performance. Uh, Brandon, update us on our scores. All right. So, I came away with four points. Nate, you came away with three for the Aspinall pick. And, John, you had two. That means that our current standings are Nate, you have 59. I have 49. John, you have 48. Oh! <laughs> got a four-pointer. I <laughs> love it. And that's because of my Craig pick, by the yeah, way. You both the Lonely Heart Boys one with the button. Yeah. I love it. I love a little shake-up for second place. Let's 10 <laughs> points behind you, too. And I was thinking about that. How many cards we got left? Probably like 11 oh, or 12. 91, oh, 92, 93, 94. Well, I mean, Fight Nights, too, right? Well, yeah. Well, you got to think these. Uh, now that we do this live kickback show, we're picking for a lot. So, yeah, so and last pay per view was not good for me. Yeah, <laughs> so, he almost John did. So. Hey, if I yeah, I did. I was two points away from John in it. So, um, you know, there is a good chance that I could just whiff this Friday and one of you guys just go off. You never know. Man. I mean, there's like there's gonna probably be. I mean, a total of you know, at least 12 points on the line. So, yeah. hey, I could whiff, and one of you guys could go crazy, and we're right back in the game. because yeah, 292 is crazy, too. So I'll say this. Be. For 10 points, I'm not – I don't feel comfortable about it. So, yeah. but – You definitely talk like you're pretty comfortable. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to win. Again. I think, <laughs> I'll just keep on picking what you guys pick, and I'll never lose. Yeah, I mean, there's no way. Yeah, at the end of the day, I can just lock you guys out. No big yeah. deal. Let's get to our game, John. Two truths and a lie. Go ahead and let the people know how this is going to work. All right, there's your board right there. Okay. Uh, so, essentially – it's the 291 edition, so since we're not going to be previewing the fights on this episode, I wanted to talk about some of the guys, get a little interest going. So these are going to be all fighters from uh, 291, and the way it's going to work is I'm going to read out three statements, A, B, and C. Uh, two of them are going to be truthful. One of them is going to be a lie. You guys have to identify the lie. Absolutely. Let's get to it. All right. Round one, our fighter is Kevin Holland. <clears throat> so statement A is he tied for the most he has he's tied for the most wins in a calendar year with 5 statement B was undefeated as a kickboxer or statement C has a second degree black belt in kung fu so what's the lie here A tied for the most wins in a year B undefeated as a kickboxer or C second degree black belt in kung fu you guys are both right he was 2 and 1 oh another kung fu i wanted to make it easy to start out with the kung fu thing's kind of fun um. So now we're at one one. So now we're gonna try to take it up a little bit. Round two. Tony Ferguson. Oh boy. All right. So, 
Statement A uh, has beat four former UFC champions. Statement B was a two-time All-American wrestler. Or Statement C had a nine-fight streak where he won either performance of the night, fight of the night, or an interim title. So Statement A has beat four former champions. Statement B, two-time All-American wrestler. Or Statement C, nine-fight streak. Both of you are correct again. He beat two. Do you guys know who those two are? The two champion, former champions that he beat. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, and I don't know who else. Dos Nachos. Dos Nachos. <laughs> Dos Nachos. Do you know the other one? Uh, Dos Anjos. Did one of your boys. No, he didn't beat. Uh, who did? He? Was it Cerrone? No, no, I almost said Cerrone. He won the interim from Kevin Lee, but Kevin Lee wasn't a champion. No. Yeah, I don't know the other one. Pettis. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Did he win an interim? No, yeah. he didn't. Tony did. Are you sure? Yeah, because he had to relinquish it because he got hurt. Was it when he beat Lee? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. 2-2. Two, two. All right, round three, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Okay. Statement A, in his six losses, he's never lost a fight in the first round. Statement B, he has only won knockout of the night one time in his UFC career. Or statement C, all of his career wins have been by knockout or decision. So statement A, in his six this losses, he's never been finished in the first round. You locked in over there? And Nate got it right. What yeah. is that? He has one win by. What sub. did he even write? It's a C. It's a C. That looks like a spiral. No, it's a C. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> put a that C. in the camera. That's yeah. a spiral. He's won one fight by <laughs> yeah. sub. You can um, totally see the C. <laughs> but what's crazy is, in his six losses, only the five of them are by decision, and one of them was the till knockout, and it was in the second round. Yeah, he's never been beat in the first round. Till knockout, Pettis knockout, Pettis knockout. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right, we got a little uh, parody now. So three, two, three, two. Right. Round four, Alex Pajeda. So, statement A, has won performance of the night in three of his five UFC fights. Statement B, lost his final kickboxing match by decision. Or statement C, won his MMA debut in 2015. Doo-doo. Mm. Kind of taking a guess on this one. Brandon, you got it right. Yeah. He lost his first fight by sub. Ah, oh, good point. But the I, I I that's why I threw in the kickboxing one because he did lose that his last fight by decision, mm-hmm. and he um lost his first fight. So now we're back to tied up. So round five, Jan Blachowicz. Um, statement A: He was the first Polish UFC champion. Statement B: Won the gold medal in the European Cup Muay Thai World Championship. Or statement C: Has never lost three fights in a row. Jan Blachowicz. Statement A, the first Polish champion. Statement B, won a Muay Thai World gold medal. Or statement C, lost three fights in a row. Nathan is correct. Joanna, bro. Come Joanna on, was the first. He is the first male, but he wasn't the first Polish. Dang it. Come on. I was say. definitely shocked All to see. All I could see. hear in my head was Polish power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Me. Oh. I definitely didn't have him as like a gold medal Muay Thai guy, but his stance kind of is sort of yeah. like that. I'm like, that's just so random. I, that has to be it. Right. I think they've said it before when, he, when he's when he been like walking out. I couldn't remember. And as, as much as he's had kind of like an up and down, I didn't, like three fights in a row, I didn't think that yeah, that would be I knew that was one. All right, round six, Justin Gaethje. So we only got two left. We have three because I did a <sighs> bonus one. And you're up one, right? Yeah. yeah. Justin Gaethje, uh, statement A, was undefeated while fighting under the World Series of Fighting Promotion. Uh, statement B, all of his first 18 fights were won by KO slash TKO. Or statement C, he's never lost a fight by decision. 
So Justin Gaethje, A, was undefeated the whole time he was in World Series of Fighting. B, his first 18 fights were all won by KO, TKO. Or C, has never lost a fight by decision. Uh, I don't feel good about this uh, one. Just keeping it. Both of you got it wrong. Oh, it was B. It's B. B. Uh, B is his only sub win, and he had two decision wins. Yeah. But he did go 18-0 before he got to the UFC. You know what the sub was? Oh, uh, I think it was a choke. Mm. Um, but since I used the, I've used, like. What did you, did you say C too? No, I said no. A. Oh. Yeah, he went undefeated in World Series of Fighting with 18-0. Yeah, he, he won his first belt. UFC fight, and then he lost to Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. But he's never lost a fight by decision, which is crazy because some of the fights you've been in have just been yeah been nuts. Uh, round seven, Dustin Poirier. So that means if I if I get this point, you don't. Game over. Because mm. I'm up by one. Mm. I like the stakes here on Dustin. I like the diamonds. All right, pressure. Dustin Poirier. Pressure makes diamonds. Uh, statement A has the most knockout of the nights in lightweight division. Uh, statement B has more wins by submission than decision. Or statement C was in a film slash documentary called Fightville. A, the most knockout of the Knights in lightweight division. B, more wins by sub than decision. Or C, was in a film slash documentary called Fightville. And Nathan got it. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I know I know. C. You, you got to start watching your movies. You ready for the fun fact? He has zero knockout of the Knights. Cerrone's probably got that, doesn't he? Yeah. Record? That's wait, what he, I figured. He doesn't have any knockout None. of the night. He actually has a sub of the night. So wait, you gotta say which one it is for people listening. What it was? Oh, the answer. What was the, the, the answer was a most knockouts in the lightweight division, which means I win. <laughs> and his sub of the night was Max Holloway. Max Holloway. Yeah. Uh, so round eight is just. Did you ever be... see Fightville, Brandon? Nope. Yeah. Before your time, son. <laughs> round eight is just for fun at this point. Uh, I thought it would be fun basically to do one. Just... Oh no, we don't do this for okay. fun. Okay. I want to win by three points. <laughs> All right. We don't do nothing for fun. So uh, round eight is going to be just about the main event fight. Like facts I put the about. dagger in him. Now I want to Tito Ortiz. Yeah, you got twist it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is about uh, Gaethje versus Poirier. Um, okay. I just thought there were some fun facts about it. Um, so statement A, both guys have went six and two after fighting each other. Mm. Statement B, both guys have main evented the same amount of pay-per-views. Or statement C, both have lost to the same fighters via submission. So statement A, both guys are six and two after they fought each other. Statement B, both guys have main evented the same amount of pay-per-views. Or statement C, both have lost to the same fighters via submission. I feel like this is too obvious, but I feel like I have to do it. I I don't think it's C. C, I said Yeah, you're both right. Yeah. Uh, Dustin's done five. Justin's done Yeah, I was like, there's just no way Justin's done as many as Dustin. Yeah. But I thought the fact that there, like there, I found this uh, graphic where it was a list of like all the things that they have in common, like the go between. Oh, this. okay. They're both thirty-four. They're both former interim champions. Both lost to the same guys via sub. Both have thirteen letters. Who do they their lose name. to? Both of them. Uh, Charles and Habib. I knew Charles. Same I way too. Think about Habib. Um, both have fought for the belt twice. Both beat Michael Chandler. Both of their first names rhyme. Both are six and two after fighting each other with four finishes and two decisions in those. Well, if you want to hear, well, first off, I mean, it feels good to win. I don't, I don't come out and play these games too often, but when I do, <laughs> I make sure I win. Um, and if you want to hear us talk more about these fighters and all these fights, come this Friday, baby. It's the kickback. I can't wait, John. Let's get into the news. Going on the news. Mm, going on the news. Mm-mm. If you don't like it, Brandon, I'll punch you and give you a bruise. The news. All right. Well, in the middle of the night last Wednesday. Dana White dropped some huge... Oh, that was yummy. Yeah, I was trying to get a drink of water last second. 
Uh, in the middle of the night last Wednesday, Dana White dropped some huge news bombs on us, so let's start with those. UFC 294 starting to take shape in Abu, for Abu Dhabi. Starting with the main event, Islam Makhachev is going to be defending his title against the former champion Charles Oliveira. After hearing that Charles wasn't ready at first and Volk was trying to possibly recover from his surgery for the fight, and then even Islam calling for Leon Edwards as well, this is our main event for 294. Um, also on the card, it's announced that Hamzat Chemaev will be facing Paulo Costa. Costa was previously booked, but it seems like the UFC wanted to save him for Chemaev. But his former opponent, Inkram Aliskurov, sure, sure that's right, will be uh, still fighting on the card as he faces number 13, Nazardine Imavov. Yeah, so my biggest goal is by, what is it, UFC 294? Yep. You learn how to say Makhachev. You keep calling him Makhachev. That's how they call him on the uh, <laughs> panel, dude. Makhachev. Yeah. I just want to hear it. Say Makhachev. There you go. I, well, I wanted to hear Makhachev. Makhachev. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, so what do you guys think about these, though? So, well, the, 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 I mean, I think the biggest one is the Paulo Costa yeah. one. You know, I told you guys, I, I think when you're the, U, like, that's getting a little bit dicey when you're starting to cancel fights to make bigger fights. And, like, here's the thing. I don't know. There's a lot actually to dissect here, I guess, because it's almost like a domino mm-hmm. effect is, uh, I thought Oliveira, I don't know where this is coming from, because right. I thought Oliveira made it very clear that he wasn't going to fight. It wasn't going to be ready for this card. So I am so confused because I I mean, now granted, you guys have to take this with a grain of salt. I've been gone mm-hmm. like since this has happened. So I don't know if something's come out. No, there was no inkling for this. To, I, I felt like it was more leaning toward uh, Volkanovsky recovering in time to try to make it happen. Well, you knew that wasn't going to happen because they said it was going to be at least six weeks before because uh, he had his surgery right. and it was going to be at least six weeks before he could start training. So mm-hmm. I knew that wasn't going to happen. I mean, there was just no way that he would turn that around, but... So then, I don't know, because the the uh, Costa news came before the Oliveira news, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, it was kind of so, all like at midnight. Right, so to me, it kind of seemed like, oh, they're scrambling now because they need big fights for this Abu Dhabi card because we all know, like, Abu Dhabi has to have big cards. They've right. made that very clear to the UFC. Don't come here unless it's not, like, stacked, right? Mm-hmm. Um so it seemed really odd to me, and I'm like, I told you guys, I'm like, that just seems like a dicey game to start playing if you're the UFC of like, you know, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but like the whole thing about like we don't do um, gimmicky fights, and then that next day you're talking about doing John Jones and Tyson Fury, right? And then it's just like, why are you, why are you contradicting yourself, you know, and stuff like that. So it's like to do this to book fights, and then like when we're like, well, why can't we get? so-and-so for so-and-so and then Dana White's like well that person's already booked well now you have you know exhibit a of like well you can also cancel that fight and make a bigger fight if you yeah. want to well then his new answer is going to have to be because I don't want to yeah I mean that's pretty much what it's going to come down to and he can do what he wants right it's his organization but yeah I just feel like that's kind of a dicey game to start playing right well, and for for Hamza this is the second fight in a row now that there's a weird thing that happens yeah or you know with the or not the second fight in a row but the second time in a row where you had like the you know he missed weight so now you're not fighting Diaz so now you're fighting this guy instead and this yeah. time they didn't even have the weight thing of all they're just like nah actually i want you on him i mean and i'm glad that they still gave his opponent somebody like nazardine another ranked guy so he still has a chance to you know make a, a statement in the middleweight division yeah but it's definitely not the same thing as fighting you know the number four guy or something like that with paula costa yeah it's interesting it's just like you said it's interesting but then the Oliveira thing like that just to me seems like i thought that was like so clear that he said he wasn't gonna i think either the bag got bigger or they told him this is going to be your only chance but why was he out to begin with 
well, either way, if it's the bagger, if it's them telling him it's his only chance, I don't like the fact that it yeah. was so quickly. Okay, yeah. like now he's jumping in, right? Because then it's like, where's his head at? Where's his yeah. head space? Which is where I was at with Volk. Like, dude, I don't want, like, I want to see you and Islam fight again. Just like I want to see all Oliveira and Islam fight again, mm-hmm. but I don't want to see it rushed. Like I don't need like like Volk. I don't need you to rush back from elbow surgery just to make UFC and Abu Dhabi happy. Right. Like take your time, dude. Like this is the lightweight division we are talking about, mm-hmm. right? There is not. You could throw, you could throw one through seven in there. Like I told you guys, would anybody sitting here or even if you're listening, would you be mad if they came out and were like, oh, nobody can, you know, Oliveira's out. Al Volk can't, like, we're going to give him Benil Dariush. Like, hey, man. Right. I mean, if, if Benny, you know, I don't know if Benny's healthy Sarukian, or not. Uh, I mean, yeah. I any, mean, like, Sarukian, yeah. I mean, there's a story there, right? The rematch right. of the super close fight that Sarukian actually, a lot of people think, could have won. I mean, it was a close. I mean, there's just, to me, it's just wild that we're doing this in one of the thickest, deepest divisions of mm-hmm. the UFC. And, like, I don't know because I just don't know what the circumstances were around Oliveira, which makes me nervous, you know, as somebody picking that's going to eventually have to pick for that fight. Like, how do you pick Charles Oliveira now? Because like Brandon said, whether it was money, whether there's an injury that he's trying to rush himself back from, there was a reason why he said a month or whatever it was a couple weeks ago, I'm not going to be able to turn around that fast. And he, one of his things with the first time they fought was that he wasn't in a good headspace. And right. that was a big yeah. part of the reason he lost. Right. So I just don't understand it. Like I don't, I mean, I guess from the promotional aspect, I get it. Like if you're the UFC and you can remake that fight, you a hundred percent are going to remake it. It's going to be massive. Mm-hmm. I get it from their point, but like, yeah, if you're Oliveira, like I said, whether it's money or injury, I just don't get the circumstances. I hope right. we, I hope we get a little light shed on that, although I doubt we do. But yeah, I just to me to like say like ah, oh, we just didn't have anybody else. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. This is the lightweight division. Yeah, and it, maybe it could have been a thing where he was posturing with the media to get a better maybe. a better fight contract maybe. for this. Because I mean, he is going to have to travel. It is, you know, almost like a home fight for Islam, you know, training over there and stuff. So maybe that was his way of saying, well, if you want to book the biggest fight possible, you know, come with it. Otherwise, I'm not going to be available at that time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But like I said, so that's weird to me. The Costa, um, even like the whole thing with Costa, like that night he got like cut. Remember on the UFC roster watch, they had cut him. Um, But he instantly started saying, like, I've already signed another con. Like, don't worry. So. Um, which I think is why that didn't really get much traction. But yeah, man, that's like I said, that's a dicey game to start playing. And then Paula Costa tweeted out a picture of him like laughing. He was like, You guys really thought I was gonna fight some dude named Ikram or something yeah. like that. Like he's yeah. he was funny through the whole thing. I mean, hey, you could even fall back on that fight. It was a little bit questionable. Like, why were they making that right? fight? You know, so I mean, a lot of just weird things, but um, hey, they're setting a, a precedent, so to speak. So, you know, we'll see if they if this is a new theme, I don't know, man. Right. Very weird. I still think it was all about getting <clears throat> the biggest fights possible. And, you know, we've talked about with the middleweight division is it is booked up, man. Like, yeah. there's just not a lot of people. Well, and you can see that they're, you know, it's kind of like a London card or anything else. Now these Fight Island cards are starting to be lined up with yeah. the Islams, the Hamza, uh, you know, some of these guys that are going to translate sure. well to those audiences over there. But 294 is looking pretty good so far. So yeah. we'll see what else they add to it. Uh, Corey Sanhagen now has a new opponent after Umar Nurmagomedov yes. dropped out of their fight from a shoulder injury. That sucks. Did you guys see that video of him sparring? No. He was sparring and he kind of like shoulder rolled and like took a punch and he kind of tried to shake it out and it <sighs> kind of went down yeah, afterwards. Sucks, 
Uh, but he will now be facing Rob Font in the main event at UFC Nashville. Yeah. Still a pretty fun fight, but obviously not the same. You yeah, know, not build. even close, man. Not um, even close. Because, like, Corey, I mean, of course, Hagen would he'd fight a, a gorilla right now if you put it, it in front of him. Was there really anybody else available, though, to fill in that spot? No. I mean, uh, Adrian Yanez was calling for the fight, but Rob Font just beat him. So, he, yeah. You know, whoever was probably the highest rank that <sighs> would accept it is probably who's going to Here, get yeah. it. Here's the thing. If bef- if you had told me when do we remember when was the Umar Sanhagen when was that announced like a month or so ago yeah. if if that day they came out and said Corey Sanhagen's gonna fight Rob Font I would be like oh yeah let's go right but yeah I mean it's still dude yeah I mean Rob Font he looked great against yeah Giannis. he had a great performance I don't know, he got pieced up against Cheeto yeah and then Sanhagen went and did I think it's just a Cheeto. fun it's just a fun fight like mm-hmm. he, he's not gonna be it's not gonna be a boring fight it'd be a fun one. But the fact that we're sitting here today, it's easy to say that because you also like the fact that we knew what we were going to get and right. like with the Umar fight. And then now um, it goes to Rafa. It does feel a little lackluster. But to be fair, I think a lot of matchups would have mm. felt a little lackluster. Well, and I think there's just something to this compared to that one. You know, Umar's looked untouchable. Sure. Corey was able to take this risk. You know, we've seen some of these guys do this now. Yeah. And it just kind of goes into Corey Sanhagen just being a bad dude. But, yeah, and he's still a bad dude for fighting Rob Font because that's a that's a tough fight for anybody in the division. But yeah, it's just not the same. Um, and after all but guaranteeing himself a title shot after a huge TKO win over Robert Whitaker, oh, yeah. Du Duplessis will not be fighting Israel Adesanya at UFC 293, hey. saying that he needs to heal up from an injury. Also saying he wants to go on holiday and wanted to celebrate his success and not have to deal with training and media obligations that come with a fight like this. Adesanya, who is adamant about fighting on the card in Sydney, has now called for Sean Strickland to get the fight. Listen, man, I mean, not to say I told you so, but, like, we could literally go back to the episode where we were talking about, like, don't wait for Whitaker or Duplacy. There's no, it's going to be so tough to get those guys to turn around, you know, that quick. Although to hear that, like, it's more like his, like, hey, I just want to chill out. Like, it doesn't sound like there's, like, a real... You can't blame the guy, though, right? But I did say, the only thing I got wrong is I did say back then, like, hey, if it's up to those guys, they would turn around. They'll do it. They'll do it on 20 days. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So clearly was wrong about that. Right. But at the same time, I don't want to make it seem like he's running from him or any Like, dude, I totally, you just dedicated the last 90 days, you know, or three mm-hmm. months to getting ready for Whitaker, which was the biggest, scariest fight of his life. So I, I do, I don't know, there's like this, like, we see guys that turn around, like, you kind of stay going with the momentum. We've seen guys have success with that. But I also understand if a guy like Drake is to play C, if, like, you just want to decompress for a minute, get yourself whatever. Just like all those other fights. get Whatever you got to do to come into that next fight, that easy fight, at the 100% best, do mm-hmm. that. Like, I'm all for it. Um, but, like, what we talked about back then, and going back to those episodes, which it was only like maybe three, four episodes ago when we were talking about this, right. is just do the sure thing and book Sean Strickland. It was after Strickland had just fought. We mm-hmm. talked about it. Like, you can do the sure thing right now and just do Strickland. And Izzy's such an active guy and he's a fighting champion that Izzy will be ready to go again probably by the end of the year. Right. You know what I mean? So then you could do Duplessis or, or Whitaker at that time, whoever it was, is what we said. You could throw him on the, the last pay-per-view of the year or whatever. You know, like... I just didn't understand the point of like trying to turn either of those guys because you're risk. I mean, you could have risked injury. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, there were so many risks in trying to play it the way that they played it that I'm not surprised that we are where we are now. Well, I'm only surprised because there was so much hype that got built up. Yeah. Uh, immediately after the Whitaker win. Sure. Not only just from being able to do something like that to Robert Whitaker, but yeah. obviously the post fight. And then even since then, they've kind of gone back and forth. And then to see it kind of be like, 
oh, well. Because here's the thing, and this is where you kind of get into a dicey game of, okay, you're passing on this opportunity. Maybe next time around you get hurt or something. Or, oh, you know, sure. Izzy wants to go up because Bejeda just got the belt. Now you're waiting even longer. Like, you're playing a game with your opportunity as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he is, he is risking that. You know, we know, obviously, the UFC doesn't like when guys don't follow the script, so mm-hmm. to speak. So... There could be some repercussions there, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I'm not see- mad at seeing Strickland either. I think that the buildup to that's going to be oh, hilarious. Dude, the one that scares <laughs> me is I'm seeing like the Derek Brunson rematch getting a lot of traction, and I'm like, please don't, Ugh, please no. don't, just do Strickland. At least we've never seen that. The buildup will be hilarious. Um, I-, I think, I think Strickland presents something that will would be interesting to mm-hmm. see Izzy go up against. I a think, jab. Uh, yeah, just forward. Just the forwardness. <laughs> I mean, look, hey, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and win a jabbing contest with Izzy, you know, who's one of the greatest strikers of this generation for sure. Um, he's going to be there, though. But he's going to be there, and he's kind of just said as much, like, look, I'm going to go out there and put my nuts on the table, and let's see what happens. That's kind of what mm-hmm. Strickland said. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Nothing's official yet. It's might gonna, see him wrestle. You never know. You may see him try to go for a takedown. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that's what Sean Strickland does, <laughs> but... Hey, man, I mean, I don't know. Look, crazier things have happened in this sport. So, mm-hmm. um, But at least it's something fresh. It'd be something different. But uh, I think they should have booked something. Regard- I, just, like I said, the way just the booking lined up, I, I feel like they should have had something ready to go anyways in mm-hmm. case this happened. Because, again, you were risking turning around so quick. Um, and like we just saw with Volk injuries and stuff happen, man. Right. So, And we've yeah. been seeing a lot of that from the UFC lately. I feel like, I think I've said it a couple times, like, this just is kind of uncharacteristic. Like, it seems like they always usually play, like, one step ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if plan A doesn't work, that's cool because we've got, you know, B, sometimes even C lined up. Right. So Well, it's also tough when you have Izzy who's beat everybody, you know, in the top of the division. Just a lot of fights, man. They yeah. are doing fights every weekend, which is taking yeah. a lot of contenders and people, and that's just, that's why we're getting some of these weird matchups, too, mm-hmm. you know. You're just, and some of these divisions have a number one or number two contender who are beating yeah. everybody and making right. it so tough. So I said, you just throw Bo Nickel out there, man. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I mean, never, hey, if Strickland <laughs> can't make it, you never know. Well, let's just see what happens. Um, former Bellator contender Michael Venom Page has announced that he is now a free agent and will shop around <laughs> to though? see what offers there are out there I for mean, services. I mean, really? He was at the O2 <laughs> Did arena. anybody see him cage side tonight yeah. at London? Like, was it? I mean, you don't leave Bellator to go to PFL, right? Like, I mean, right. let's just. I mean, let's just like, and 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 let me say this: like, when you're when you're a guy on that level, right? Like, if you're mm-hmm. walking away from Bellator, there's there's probably something on the table, right? right? Like, you know what you're leaving for. Yeah. Uh, shortly after that, there was post on popping up on social media that showed Michael Page, the Pitbull brothers, and AJ McKee being listed on the UFC roster. Yeah. Uh, did you say uh, who else was on there? That Alimale. Yeah, she was on there. I, I want to say there was a couple. Yeah, I've seen some conflicting reports, I told you guys, because I've seen some people say those have been on there for a long time. Um, but you feel like people would post that, though. That's what I thought. I was like, well, that's news to me. Um, mm. A lot of the, I think a lot of the rumbling from that is coming from this um, uh, rumored, very rumored, nothing official even close to, but the sell of mm. Bellator, PFL buying Seems to Bellator. Be yeah, and kind of wondering if, you know, maybe they're kind of quietly letting some people out of their contracts. I kind of doubt it. You know, um, like the Pitbull, um, Patricky Pitbull and AJ McKee, they're fighting um, here in a couple weeks, mm-hmm. uh, in a month. Um, they got the lightweight Grand Prix going. Obviously, MVP Michael Venom Page, you know, he's probably bang on a UFC fighter. Right. Um, 
Patricio just lost to Sergio. You know, I guess maybe uh, mm-hmm. there's that. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I will be – I am a little interested to see – I am surprised Bellator let uh, MVP walk. That's a little bit surprising mm-hmm. to me because I feel like for a promotion, they need stars. And How old is he? Got to be like 33, 34. Yeah. He's got to be I up there. I thought he was older than that. I, I mean, I don't know. I'll he, look it up. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting. And, you know, it might be a thing where either they're letting him out or letting them be bought out of their contracts. And obviously, the UFC has the money for that. But if you're PFL and you're buying Bellator and you're already paying Francis this money, you probably need to cut off oh. some of those high. MVP is 36. Yeah, yeah he did he that. Older. He did karate for a long time. Yeah. Um, but so maybe that's the thing where it's like, you know, maybe I can, we can get off some of these high-paid guys that are a little bit older. Now, A.J. McKee doesn't fall into that. Yeah. But I feel like the Pitbull brothers have done everything that they're going to probably do in Bellator. Oh, for you sure. Know, Chandler was the same way, right? Like, right. Chandler was, what, 35, 36? And then, you know, MVP, he's had chances at the top. Things haven't necessarily gone his yeah. way. So, But he's still a star. Yeah, I don't... Like, a guy like A.J. McKee, I don't think... that's the. I think if A.J. McKee wasn't on that list, I'd probably believe it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but A.J. McKee is their post... Like, he... I don't want to say, like, he's their Connor, but, like, he's their poster. He's their star boy. If he gets a belt, he's their home. it changes a lot. Yeah, he's their home... And he just had a chance to walk, and he did right. it. So, um, you know, he's their homegrown guy. I don't think... I think... In, They'll have AJ McKee in that roster until they turn the lights out for the last time. You know, like he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, I would be very shocked just because, like I said, he's just he's just such a big star for them. Um, and given the fact that he is homegrown talent, and mm-hmm. he did just have the opportunity to walk away, and he didn't. So, yeah. um, I don't think that's the only one. That's why I kind of am like, yeah, I don't really buy mm-hmm. the whole conspiracy on they've secretly signed all these guys. Now, like I said. To me, Michael Venom Page being on the broadcast tonight and them saying he's the biggest uh, free agent in mixed martial arts, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm. which is kind of funny because that's what, you know, the whole PFL with Francis stuff. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, come on. The, and another interesting, Kayla Harrison. Yeah. Also shown on broadcast tonight. So keep your eyes open. Yeah, it, it's, you never know. <laughs> it's getting crazy out here, man. There's stuff happening that we didn't think would happen well, already with like the Francis and Tyson thing. Yeah. And, you know, possibly, you know, you already have some people doing cross promotion. Like the only reason I don't see anything in the Kayla Harrison one is, um, and I guess even kind of a follow up to last week is I saw Norma Dumont came out and said that basically the UFC told her you have to go to Bantamweight because the mm-hmm. featherweight division is done. Um, so, I don't think Kayla Harrison's who fights normally at 155 is going to cut all the way down yeah. to 135 pounds just to be in the UFC. Now, unless they're going to set up a one-off super fight, bring mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey back, let's have a judo off. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, on, the Zucker, <laughs> on the Zuckerberg Elon Musk card. Hey, yeah. yeah. Again, you know, crazier things have happened. Um, I could definitely see something like that. But uh, the fact that Norma Dumont said that they've pretty much told her, like, featherweight's done. You mm-hmm. got to go down. Um that tells me right there. And Kayla Harrison still needs to get her lick back over that Pacheco. The uh, Larissa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I don't know. The MVP thing is going to be interesting. but uh, Or the rest of it. The MVP mm-hmm. thing. I think, he, dude, he'll be – MVP will be – a he will fight in the UFC before the end of the year. I guarantee it. Yeah. That's e- my bold Either prediction. that or you save him for whenever your next London card is. Yeah, he'll be in – he'll be he'll fight in the UFC before the end of the year. That's my prediction. Him and Wonderboy? Be fun. There's a lot of fun matches for him. That's all I got for the news. I mean, even if Michelle Pedeta wins that yeah. fight, it'd be a fun matchup. You know, just two wild and crazy guys. I love it. 
Mm-hmm. I'd love that matchup. Alrighty. Uh, let me see. Song of the week is me. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go in honor of Tom Aspinall and that fire, fire walkout song. I think we're going to go moving on up by Curtis Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Um, love that song for him. Uh, heavily sampled in hip hop as well. Yeah. Great song. Uh, Brandon, what is your one for the people? Are you guys familiar with the video game Super Smash Brothers? Yes. Yeah, not a fan, though. Really? Hot take, man. I know that's going to make a lot of people wow. mad. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I, well, uh, I've been ridiculed for this several times. Yeah. Well, okay, so I was a fan. I am a fan. I'm a big fan of it. It was a big game for me on, in middle uh, school. GameCube? I played it when it was 64. I played it mostly on GameCube when I was, you know, height of Gosh, my gaming I their, career. I'm just going to say, I've said this in groups of people. Or like, I just kind of, like, overrated to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, and I get yeah. ripped. She had to back out. So here's, here's why I'm bringing it up. So I, I actually... It's a fun game. Oh, I got invited to a tournament. I oh, used to gosh. play. And I used to play in tournaments. Okay, for Smash, and I used to be pretty good. Actually, okay. I won one of both. Who's State. your go-to? For well, when I played melee and uh, brawl, really, it was Ike, Zelda, Ike, Link, or Fox are, okay. are my big ones. But anyway, so I I haven't really played this game in about nine years, mm-hmm. like competitively. But I got invited to go to this like little little tournament in house with guys who play a lot of IUK. I'm like, oh, I could probably still hang. I can play this game. IUK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What these circles? Are, yeah, I'm what saying, do you do when we leave these podcasts? There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has a whole a life guys. we don't even know about. How do you man. so? Well, here's the thing. So I get, I, I'm, I'm in this game, right? So I, so I, I it's the first round, yeah. and I learned within about 30 seconds that no. there's people that have there's played levels. this game so much more than I have ever even thought. Well, dude, of. you're a dad who works a yeah, full time job. They yeah. play competitive. <laughs> yeah, and like, and they were talking so much trash, yeah. dude. And, and like, when I talk about. Uh, I mean this in the most respectful way possible, but when I talk about like nerds, mm. this was like the the opinion. Like you talk about groups that would get mad at you for saying that it's an overrated game. They, really they would have eaten you alive. I still stand by that. I mean, I'll respect the opinion, but of people that love that game, but I think it is one of the most overrated video games of all time. Yeah, that's pretty outrageous. You probably just are pretty terrible at it and <laughs> just never really caught I've on. I've never been like a crazy fighting game guy to begin with. Yeah. Um, so you know who is? Who? That boy Dino. Oh yeah. Damien. Like even he like, probably loves it. Oh yeah. Dude. Like mm-hmm. even like the Mortal Kombat games, it just they just never really did it for me. Yeah. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of that style of game. So take that for what it is as well mm-hmm. as you're talking to somebody that's not really into fighting games yeah. either. But so it, on the other side, if you would invite them to come play you in one of these MMA games. Man, they probably wouldn't like it. Or like Madden or yeah. FIFA or something yeah. like you that. You probably dust them. So. Yeah. yeah. But it was super fun. But anyway, it was just kind of one of those moments. I was like, geez, Louise, I have no shot. So, so when you say tournament, was there like a real bracket? Or yeah, just like every- 16 people, yeah. And you went out first round. Oh, yeah. Was I there a buy? I got the guy, to be fair, the guy who beat me, because they assumed that I was probably going to be better, was the guy who got first in the tournament. But it wouldn't have mattered. The fifth place person would have dusted me. So, so, you, so. Show, you showed up to a bunch of college guys was oh, they were older than college. I oh. think some of them were in. Some of them, there was like one guy who was okay. eighteen, another guy who was like twenty nine. Yeah. I mean, so was there, there like a cash prize? No, no. Oh, this it was, was all just for pride. honor and glory, man. Nice. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, gotta, get, you go? gotta get back on the train, man. Yeah, yeah. Get back to train. What, 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 what system did you guys play on? So they use. It's weird now. So they use switches, but they have GameCube adapters. So we oh, were able to use yeah, GameCube yeah. controllers, which was awesome. Because I'm like, dude, if we're using Droidcons, I'm not using. I'm not playing. But they're like, we have GameCube controllers. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll play. So. I think that's what killed 
Super Smash for me is I didn't play it on 64 and I only played it on GameCube and GameCube is the worst console of all time. But that controller is the one that anyone who plays Smash literally like legit See, play, I, only wants to play GameCube. And I think that's why I just never got in because I hated that controller. They actually have GameCube controllers now specifically for Smash. That's crazy. Yeah. Dream, oh, I know it's a big deal. That Dreamcast controller was a little crazy too. That yeah. was like holding a little microwave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but dude, no, like literally believe me, I get murdered every, I don't even say it. It's like uh, one of those things I just don't even, when people are talking to me about that game, I don't even say it anymore because like people just can't accept the fact that like i just think it's just not a great game like it's <laughs> stupid i just, I just Do don't people like try to spend like lengths of time convincing you otherwise uh no Dude, you just... mean to tell me you don't like john Falcon. what do you think do you not like it i never really played it very much mm. i didn't have the consoles gotcha because it just wasn't that fun i mean that's what i'm saying like if it was a good if you really liked it you i was would... a tekken guy i played tekken i love me I some like tekken. it yeah. wasn't my favorite virtual fighter tekken but smash but, was but did you play it no. Super Smash. No, I, I didn't have the consoles oh, okay. to even but get to. But you played it. at least like once. I play, like, you know how Walmart used to have the sure. console set yeah, up and you yeah, just go there? I would do that. Okay. Yeah, but would you ever be like, oh, I would play this again? No, probably not. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't play it by myself at home, but it's fun with tons of like groups of people. Right. And, like, and then now, so like, do you remember like back in the day you'd had four people playing on a screen, like the little 1v1v1? Yeah. 1v1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now you can get eight with the, because of the way the GameCube adapters are. Okay. So we had eight people on a screen at one time utter chaos yeah like super fun ridiculous yeah. but fun i'll just keep i'll just play royal rumble on like wwe versus smackdown or something like one time somebody uh, uh, i don't know, I think it was at my house busted out like a sega or something had killer instinct on there and this man damien just ran through like 20 people at the killer house Killer instinct i don't know what that is had it's it's old it was like nintendo yeah i don't know if i've ever heard um of it. but it's just another one of those kind of like you know mortal kombat uh tekken whatever Paperboy, way better than Super Smash Brothers. Paperboy. <laughs> what you got, John? Um, I watched a, a series I thought was pretty interesting on Amazon. It was called Reacher. Mm. I don't know if you remember the movie. Never heard of it. You have, did it's you actually based on a book series, yeah. 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 So they did a, uh, Tom Cruise did a movie playing this character. Well, uh, the guy who played the linebacker on Blue Mountain State, you know I'm talking about, the big mm -hmm. guy, he plays the main guy in this. Uh, it's a pretty good series. I liked it. Way so. more accurate to the character, too, than yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah, it was a really good series. Brandon, what is your thoughts on The Giver, the book? The book? I mean, I read it in school. It was okay. Not my favorite. Mm. Overrated. Yeah, I'd probably bet your take on Smash. Just apply that to The <laughs> Giver. I'm not saying I like The Giver. Yeah. I feel like if the approach, we had a really rough teacher in that class, too. Yeah. I won't say her name, but... Uh, I think it was like a sixth grade book, right? We did, uh, Seventh. Sixth or seventh. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember it too this, well. Something with an apple. This teacher told John to grow up, and he told her to grow down. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally, yeah. literally, he got literally, uh, this is how much this teacher hated John. He got detention on the last day of seventh grade. Did you have to serve it? Yes. <laughs> so we're all like going home like, yeah, and John has to stay. The last was day. Was it for that comment? The last day yeah. of school for like <laughs> He an looks hour. like he's still mad about it. He's <laughs> yeah. like over there. <laughs> she was like, you need to grow up. And he was like, you need to grow down. <laughs> yeah. what, did, what was she talking about? Why do you need to grow up? She just did. I was a smart aleck. I don't know. <laughs> Not much changed. No, I'm going to start saying that now. Uh, you need to grow up, dude. Yeah. Well, well, what it was is that it was like, a once again, last day of school, yeah. you're mad. She's mad because I made some joke. People laugh at it. You know, she doesn't have a good sense of humor. That ain't my fault. I'm just a young kid. <laughs> Yeah. Makes me stay. So she says something about my maturity, and I said something about her stature. It happens. And then, yeah, she was a large woman. Uh, and then, yeah, 
made him stay after for a whole hour after school. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Last day, the last day of school. Well, that's, I, that's all she could do, oh, right? She, just, I mean, she won. To be fair, she won that. <laughs> uh, to be fair, in all fairness. Well, I don't know. Depending how much she hated me, being around me for an extra hour might have been equal. Maybe, but mm-hmm. that's like, dude, that takes petty to another level. Like, because then she has she to wins. stay. That's her summer break too, yeah. right? No, so. I don't think she cared. I think I think that school was her life. To be honest, oh, I don't know if she really went home. Mm-hmm. Uh, my one for the people, please. This Friday, um, again, come hang out, kick back over on the MMA UG. Um, we will uh, have the link posted on our IG and our story on Friday. So, Brandon's going through my Nintendo 64 is it smash game. in here. There is not. That's what I was about to say. You can go through that whole stack of six Nintendo 64. He's gonna games. buy one and hide it and be like, Well, what's this? You will see all the good Nintendo 64 games that people actually enjoy. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're Hot dude, wheels. they're fire. They, they're just gonna keep Gold getting nine. better as you go, but as you go down the list, City Kong Racing. Yep. Great, great games over there on 64. Not Super Smash, though. Um, but, yeah, that's it. Happy uh, birthday to you, man. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, had a good birthday weekend. Ate a lot of great, great, great food. What are you, 40? 41? Two. 42. 42. <laughs> Dude, legendary Monk Burgers, man. Legendary Monk Burgers, that's right. Uh, come back Monday. Uh, well, wait. Yeah, come back next Monday. Because mm-hmm. we got Friday, so it's throwing me off. Come back next Monday. We'll recap Peace. UFC 291 and then Friday. Come to the kickback. I don't even know what I'm saying. Bye. (laughs) See you at the kickback. Bye.